podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. I've got my co-host, Scott, with me on a pretty historical uh, day. The election is over. Scott, what is the good word? Well, what is the good word? Um, I guess Donald Trump can go back to running his golf courses now. Well, he's actually out there playing right this minute. He, I- he literally said... I'm going to file all my lawsuits. They said, when? Uh, Monday. I'm out playing golf now. I mean, here's the thing. What what else are you going to do? I mean, that's probably what I would be doing. Oh, lost the election? Oh, well, guess I'll go play some golf. Yeah, if I was yeah. him, um, and not to get political on, on people at all, and, and I won't, but if I was him and I had lost, and obviously, you know, he's a guy that, that can't accept losing and you know, whines and cries about things, just like on the golf course as well. And we know that for a fact. Yes. Uh, you'll get into that story a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But if I was him, what do I have now? I've got two months, right? Seven and a half weeks. Um, I'm doing nothing. I'm going golfing whenever I want. Yeah, exactly. I, just... I, would, I would literally be like this. You complained about all the times I played golf before. Watch how many rounds I get in in the next seven and a half weeks. 54 holes a day abandoned, done. Book Air Force One. I'm there. You know, uh, again, it, it's it's hard to say I would do the same thing, but I'd probably do the same thing. Lame duck president means you've got a lot of time on your hands. Um, and we know his penchant for the glorious game of golf. He does love the game. He does love it. Um, I will say this, you know, the man does run a fairly decent golf club. That that's my experience at the the couple that I've played. So, well, I think yeah, back, but back let's, to that is okay for me, right? But but let's also throw in the caveat that monetarily the golf clubs do not do well. Okay, well, they operate in the red. However, that's not my course, problem. Exactly. <laughs> on, <laughs> on course maintenance, I mean, in the the product that you're getting, Scott, I mean, you're good with that. Yes, very much so. And I he will can, also he say can, he can go into his pocket all he wants as long as I am playing on excellent course conditions. On the rare occasions I get to set foot into one of his uh, his golf clubs. Well, I tell you what, if if he's going to have to pay out those lawsuits that he is being sued for uh, and is now no longer under the protection of the presidency of the United States, uh, <laughs> he might have to leverage those golf courses against what he owes to his debtors. Hmm. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. You and I might be in the market for, uh, you know, a little 18-hole track in upstate New York. Hey, listen, from what I heard, the so there's there's a, a Trump-owned golf course exactly three miles from my house. And from what I heard, he paid an embarrassing price to purchase that course. Embarrassingly low is what I, I heard. I, I heard he paid under a million dollars for it. And... Uh, you know what? If that's what the price was, I'm sure we could dig it up. We definitely know enough people, and we could put our heads together and and probably walk away with a with a, a nice little course there. Hey, and that might play right into that 
podcast episode we did about how we would change a course up to make it the way we like it. Uh, you know what? Maybe that just becomes our playground. Today truly might be a historic day, Scott. Well, let's all keep our uh, our fingers crossed that things can go that you know go th- go our way on that situation. I'm going to ask you uh, a question now. We all know that politicians lie, right? It's just yes, the the, le- the level of lying um, that some are apt to do is a lot bigger and grandiose than others. So I, I did a little thing, Scott. This is the most research and work I've done for an episode ever. 124 episodes in, and I finally have done a little bit of research. Mm. Um, so I posed the question to you out there. Everybody knows that Donald Trump is an enormous golfer. Uh, you know, quite honestly, whether you like him, whether you hate him, he has been pretty decent for the game over the last decade. I mean, let's just talk golf only. He's been pretty decent for the game in acquisition of courses. Um, of course, over there, you know, notwithstanding all the trouble that he caused over there, but within the you know continental U.S., he's been pretty solid. So we know that he's a reported low handicap, and we also know that Joe Biden is a golfer. Now, Biden's only been playing for about 20 years, started when he was 58 or so. Trump's been playing now for almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. So what do you think Trump's reported handicap is now we know this is a lie obviously but what is his Uh, reported handicap i believe he plays to like a four okay you're pretty close but he reports himself as a 2.8 okay now for all my low single digit handicappers out there you know how good you are right and for all my high handicappers that have played with a true sub five handicap you know how good they are. Donald Trump is not that good. No, he is not, from what I've heard. Okay, I would gladly take strokes off this idiot saying he's a 2.8. Yeah, I, rock and roll. You want to play to that? Okay, cool. Like, bum ankle and all, I will hobble around a course and whoop him on both sides of the 18 if he thinks he's a 2.8. All right, so... We know that, you know, for, for a fat guy, he's pretty athletic. He does, you know, make a good move at the ball, and he gets to play a lot. Now, for an older gentleman, Joe Biden is in probably what I would consider better aesthetic shape than Donald Trump. What do you think Biden's reported handicap is? Um, I'm going to say 16. Okay, you have to knock 10 off that. Biden reports himself at a 6.3. Okay. There's no way. He's essentially been retired for the last four years, so. Plus, he was vice president before that, so. Which is like a part-time job anyway. I was going to say, I feel like golf is part of that job. So, who knows? All right, I just, I can't fathom playing off the same tees as a 78-year-old man who keeps the hours that he does and saying that this guy is a 6.3. Like, I would literally play both of them straight up, but if they would love to give me strokes, which they would both have to give me strokes, Scott, and I cannot fathom Donald Trump or Joe Biden beating me. What do you think, like, Jack Nicholas plays to right now? I think Jack Nicholas plays to Donald Trump. That's what I think. Well, that's that's true. But like 
What do you figure, like, I, I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to even have, like, a handicap that he reports. He's not but... going to. But, but what, do, what are we talking about? Are we talking about, like, a 6,500-yard course? Uh, he does have a reported handicap. I think the biggest thing is oh, we have oh. to know what tees. This, this is breaking news. Okay. What's so, Jack's handicap? 5.2. What? That's bull. <laughs> Whatever. Come on. <laughs> Did you see Jack at Payne's Valley? He could barely get out of the cart. (laughs) The best part of that, though, is that what what that's essentially saying is that Joe Biden's only one stroke worse than Jack Nicholas. Like, Scott, if you could see me now, I'm literally digging a pen into the side of my head. And I just what you can't hold on to the past forever. Right? Nothing gold can stay. Mm. Five point. Come on. The guy has a fake hip. He can barely make a turn. I. He can't walk 18 holes. Well, he wouldn't have to, but yeah. Ah. All right. If we're here, it's it's just crazy. If we're playing on a 6,500 yard course. There's no way that those guys are the reported handicaps that they're saying. Now, however, if they're all playing from the senior tees, which all of them would be allowed to, obviously, um, Biden playing from the super senior tees, then possibly. Like, if they were playing a 52, 5,500-yard course, then there's a possibility. Because, like, Nicholas is not going to lose a ball. You know, Biden mm-hmm. is still pretty – You know, you, I've seen him running – um, up and down the stage at campaign stops, you know, trying to prove to people that, hey, I'm not on my death's door, you know, step if you elect me. Like, I'm still good. I can move. Right. Um, you know, so he still seems athletic. And then, obviously, Trump's just going to cheat and, and get something close to his 2.8 anyway. So, yes, from a, from a, a forward tease, a senior tease, possibly, but from, like, an average white tee or a blue tee of, like, 6,350 to 6,700 yards, no way in hell. No, no I, I think they're they're all having a hard time. Um, I also did a little bit of research and I found some quotes from professional golfers that have played with Trump. And everyone knows that Trump cheats at golf as as well as many other things. Also, um, I think you could ask his ex-wives that. But these golfers wanted to remain anonymous. But these are the tactics reported to Rick Riley who works for ESPN and Sports Illustrated, an anonymous survey from people that have played with the 45th president of the United States. <clears throat> he loves to write in a score that didn't account for balls that landed in the water. So essentially, just taking mulligans anytime a ball lands in the water. Okay. Has his caddy and or secret service in parentheses, more often than not, Secret Service that is stationed in the woods move the ball closer to easier lies. Uh, like the old Judge Smale's foot wedge. Like, exactly. This stuff is all out of Caddyshack. Why, why don't you improve your eye, Mr. President? <laughs> yes, Have winter it. rules. <laughs> that is never not funny, just so you know. Having caddies find balls near the fairway that clearly went deep into the woods or sunk in water traps. This golfer goes on to say that while he was playing with Trump, 
He peppered one down the fairway, meaning the golfer. Trump sliced one into the woods. They walk up to the pro golfer's ball, and about 25 yards back is Trump's ball just off the fairway. Okie dokie. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, right? First of all, who's going to question him? Because one of two things are true. It's either he's the president or he owns the golf course. So, yeah, yeah, look, it bounced out. Kicking, Kicking balls back onto the fairway, he developed the nickname Pele at Winged Foot in New York. Uh, outright lying about his handicap. This we obviously know to be true. And at one point in time, threw a fellow golfer's ball off the green into a greenside bunker. Well, that maybe is a little bit beyond just cheating yourself. Whew. That's, you I, uh, that's, that's a great that's, list. I, I was so... Real quick, I, I and I won't I won't mention any names, but I know someone who's played golf with Donald Trump. And this is all very consistent with what he told me. Essentially what he told me is he they would play a hole. Uh my the guy I know would shoot like a four for a par, and Trump would just say, Oh yeah, me too, when he had like three putted the hole. Yes. Yeah. So you know, that that's very consistent with the, you know, firsthand experience that has been described to me. And and this individual is a very reputable individual who has gotten you and I both on to Trump course before. So absolutely. And, and again, no reason to lie because all this stuff is out there already. It's not like you're, you know, breaking yeah. the mold and saying this stuff. Yeah. And I don't um, want to I don't want to um, to beat the dead horse, as it were. Um, I don't want to like pile onto the Trump family, but one time we showed up at the the course that's right here by my house, and we uh, you know we we went to go play, and the star is like, oh, he's like, I don't want to put you out right now. He's like, you guys mind waiting like an hour? And we're like, an hour? And he's like, yeah. He's like, Eric's out there. He sucks. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And he's like. Oh, whatever. We'll just put you out on 10. He's like, just the only thing is if they end up running into you, which they won't, he's going to be really pissed off that someone's in front of him. I'm just like, uh, okay, like well, whatever. And then we get back, we got, you know, we had, we had made the turn and he's just like, yeah, they're still on the third hole. I'm just like, what? How is this even possible? And, I, and he's like, I told you he sucks. Yeah. Sucks to suck. Exactly. Um, I have to go uh, run downstairs and just do something in the cart barn, so I'll be a few minutes. All right. Well, that is a great opportunity for me to talk about Eagles and Arrows Golf real quick. Uh, obviously, people, as you know, one of our sponsors, Eagles and Arrows, uh, Grant is just a phenomenal businessman, phenomenal person, phenomenal golfer, and Eagles and Arrows supplies us with our hats when we're out playing, great t-shirts for lounging around, but they make the golf glove special and the golf glove is one of those things that in the last 30 years really hasn't changed much but they use this great premium cabretta leather which is just super soft super supple uh before dislocating my ankle i was up to 26 rounds with the glove that i have i have four others 
that are just sitting in my golf bag, which at this point in time might last me a, a year. And this thing is in great shape still. They look great. It's got the Eagles and Arrows logo on it. Uh, go to Eagles and Arrows Co. and on Instagram and eaglesandarrows.com online. Pick yourself up one of the gloves. Pick yourself a, a T-shirt, a hat. They're doing a great hat for Veterans Day. It's a, a black camo hat with the Eagles and Arrows logo. And Grant's going to be donating some of that money to some uh, veteran charities in and around the Atlanta area where he lives. Grant also being um, a Air Force, um, served in the Air Force, and uh, so a veteran as well. It's just a great opportunity for you to support the veterans of the country as well as Eagles and Arrows Golf, and that's eaglesandarrows.com. We've got some quotes for some people that also played with Trump. I didn't want this to turn into the presidential episode, but they're kind of good. We, um, it is I, what it is, Dan. It is. It is and what I, it is. I, I figured, um, since I was doing my research, I might as well go pretty pretty deep into it. Um, Oscar De La Hoya, famous boxer, told the Associated Press one time that he played golf with Trump at Trump National Golf Club in L.A. in 2014. Trump asked to join his group after admitting he was a big fan of De La Hoya. And the following occurred. Uh, Donald, this is quote from Oscar De La Hoya. Donald, what he does is he tees off first. So we go off to our balls, and what do we see but Donald Trump right in the middle of the fairway? And he always says on every hole, hey, look, I found my first ball. Samuel Mm -hmm. L. Jackson said when posed the question, the question was posed to him, who's the better golfer, himself or Trump? He simply responded, oh, I am for sure. I don't cheat. He also claims, Scott, in that same interview, that Trump tried to bill him for Trump course membership dues for a course that he was never a member of. I mean, first of all, if I was going to send a fake bill to someone, it wouldn't be Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) That would not be the first person on my list. The other question I have is, does Samuel L. Jackson have like a putter cover with BMF, you know, initialed on it? If... If he doesn't, then there needs to be a company out there that makes it and sends it to him. My guess is uh, there are companies that send him those things all the time, and he's just so sick of them that he just throws them out. I wouldn't doubt. I wouldn't doubt. I would like to play golf with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, that'd be a trip. He he, he actually might have just made it into my new list of celebrity pro-am partners. Oh, geez. I mean, that's that's a pretty lofty position there. Hmm. We've got uh, we're at Houston now this week, week before the Masters. Insane saying that as uh, today is November seventh. Well, November. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what, the weather outside for I think most of the East Coast is insane. I mean, it was seventy six degrees today. I smoked some turkey legs. I know you're a big turkey leg fan, a la the Disney uh, big turkey legs. So we did some smoked turkey legs. I washed the car. Actually got to the reins this morning a bit, hit some chip shots. I hit six full shots, Scott, and uh, my ankle is literally killing me. Oh, well, you know what? At least that's six more shots than I hit. My ankle's killing me from, like, blowing leaves around the yard, so you at least got to hit some golf balls. Yeah, it is that that time of year. But um, I was thinking, I was watching the Houston Open, and Sam Burns is in the lead right now. 
Leads over one, leads by one, excuse me, over Jason Day and Carlos Ortiz. Uh, Sepp Straka and DJ coming back off of COVID are two and three shots behind, respectively. <clears throat> and it got me thinking every single year, people, the pundits, the media talk about how the Houston Open sets itself up to mimic Augusta. And normally this would happen in April, but this year due to COVID, it happens in November. And while I get the mindset and I understand the thought process behind it, can you really mimic Augusta, Scott? Uh, not really, no. So it's one of those things where, uh, you know, they shave the greens, the speeds are quick, yeah, blah, 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 right? You hear the same stuff on TV. So I did a little in-depth research. Scott, I want to talk about this. With it being such a great prep, right, which is what the PGA Tour wants you to believe and, and, and the Golf Channel and the media wants you to believe that it's such a great prep that players don't want to miss Houston week. Yeah, they, they need to make it relevant. Right. Let's see where the last 10 winners of the Houston Open, who they were, and then did they win the Masters? All right, we're going to play a little game with you. And then I'm going to give doing, you we're, the last the 10, you say? Yeah, so from 2010 to 19. Okay. So in 2010, the man who has fallen off the face of the earth, Anthony Kim, AK, wins the Houston Open. Did Anthony Kim win the Masters in 2010? Uh, Anthony Kim did not win the Masters in 2010. Correct. Do you know who it was off the top of your head? Uh, 2010 was... No. Um, go ahead. Oh, it was, was it Phil. Phil? Okay. Yep. Now that is that is the but, year that the Houston Open winner preceding the Masters had the highest finish. And that was AK finished third that year. I was going to say, is that at least the year that he kind of yes. like yeah, okay. yes, birdie bins, nine birdies, yeah, tears yeah. the place he up, off. shoots sixty five in the third round, right? Crazy. Yeah. All right. Now Phil was a year off because in two thousand eleven Houston Open, Phil wins the Houston Open, and everyone thought, oh my god. Phil won the Masters in 10. Phil just won the Houston Open. Going into Augusta with all of this, you know, uh, momentum, and he's on fire. Did Phil win the Masters in 2011? He definitely did not. He did not. Any idea who did? Is that, uh, that's the Schwartzel year, right? It is Charles Schwartzel. The man who's got more chest hair than a woolly mammoth, uh, doesn't use any of his buttons, lets it hang out, and also... Doesn't have an S at the end of his first name. Uh, yes, and I, I, he must get annoyed with people calling him Charles all the time, too, I bet. I work with a guy who, anytime he mentions Charles Schwartzel, says, Charles Schwartzel. I said, that's actually not his name. Yes, it is. Charles Schwartzel. Mm-hmm. Sure. 2012, Hunter Mahan, Texas's own Hunter Mahan, wins the Houston Open. Did Hunter Mahan win the Masters in 2012? Uh, that's a no. <laughs> that was Bubba Watson. Yes, it was. I, I, yes. Because I, I remember because when we were we were there the next year. Correct. And the, the scoreboard was still kind of up. All right. Very good. Then you should know who won the year we were there. I think it was a little bit of foreshadowing that you Got to go. So 2013, DA Points wins the Houston Open. <laughs> Did DA Points win the Masters in 2013? 
He did not. No, DA points has not won the Masters. DA points at one point in time, Scott, was sponsored by Lego. Do you remember he had the Lego belt on playing the um that's a AT and T celebrity pro am at Pebble? That is a, an all time classic golf accessory. Great sponsorship, Lego. I think the belt the belt was like literally it said Lego and it looked like it was made out of Lego bricks. Yes. All right, so the year that you were there, 2013, who won the Masters? Uh, now, he may not have won the tournament, but Martin Keimer won the week because he got to take a picture with us. <laughs> that's very good. The man who But who's, it was Adam Scott won. That's correct. The man whose surname is your first name. That's right. Come on, Aussie. 2013. Um, 2014, Matt Jones wins the Houston Open. In 2014, Scott, did Matt Jones win the Masters? Uh, no, he, he, he didn't. All right, so... 14 is the second Bubba win, right? Very good. Very good, Scott. Yes, it is. 14 is the second Bubba win. Uh, this is probably dragging on for people That's okay. out there listening. But you know what? They're playing along, too. I know it. They're trying to guess. Yeah. Uh, 2015. J.B. Holmes wins the Houston Open. So, Scott, in 2015, did J.B. Holmes win the Masters? 2015 is the first Spieth win, so no. That is correct. That is correct. 2016, Jim Herman, the vagabond Mm. journeyman himself, mini tour player Jim Herman, picks up his first PGA Tour win in the Houston Open. Was Jim Herman a Masters winner in 2016? Jim Herman does not have a Masters. He is not invited to the champion's dinner. He is a good guy, though, from what I hear. 2016, any idea, Scott, who won the Masters? I'll give you a hint. He is in the running every year for ugliest man in the world. Well, that's the that's the huge collapse, so that, that stands out, and that's, um, that's Danny Willett. That is correct. The ugliest man alive, People Magazine's own ugliest man alive, Danny Willett. Literally looks like a bulldog mixed with someone that got hit with a bag of nickels. 2017, Mm. Russell Henley wins the Houston Open. 2017, Russell Henley was the Masters champ, right, Scott? 2017 was uh, Sergio. Sergio was able to not spit in a cup, not throw racial comments at Tiger, not destroy a green, and not destroy a bunker en route to winning the Masters. So I guess good on him. Uh, you know, any, anytime you manage to not destroy the course, it's a it's it's a win, and then a, a second win just for not destroying the course. Also, 2017, literally last time Sergio has had any relevance whatsoever. Yeah, accurate. 2018, my personal favorite Houston Open in a playoff, beating Bo Hostler, Ian James Poulter wins mm-hmm. the Houston Open. Goes into Augusta on fire. Actually needed to win in order to get a berth in the Masters. Your 2018 champ, Ian Poulter. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that is not the case. The The least popular man in golf, Patrick Reed, was the winner. Um, although, you know, there are some who would say... Well, he won it anyway. <laughs> I they should have they should have given it to Spieth <laughs> just for the the final round that he had. I feel like 
2018 Masters into 2019 Masters is kind of like the U.S. presidency into the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we needed we needed the Masters to be redeemed. And redeemed it was because in 2019... Well, well Tiger Griffin, won the Houston Open, right? No, 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 no. 2019, Lanto Griffin wins the Houston Open for his first win and then goes on to hoist the green jacket, right? Uh, no. In the greatest no, no. Masters... No, Ever. no, no, no. T- Tiger, Tiger Woods won the 2019 Masters. Huh. Not Lanto. Not Lanto Griffin, no. Oh. How about Lanto Calrissian? Uh, Champions dinner, it, knocking it, back Colt 45, works every work time? every time, but not this time. All right. And obviously, we know the Masters was redeemed with Tiger. Tiger's been the Masters champ now for a year and a half, a year and and three quarters. Um, Scott, so, tell the people at home. First off, tell the people at home who's going to win the Houston Open this year. Uh, well, I'll go with Burns. He'll hold on. You don't. You don't think Dale come back? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> All right, Sam Burns. I, I, is, I think he might. He might pass out, but I don't think he'll come back. Writhing on the ground. Due to vertigo? Yeah, exactly. Nothing to make fun of all my vertigo people out there. Um, no, no, very, no. We're very, not, we're not making fun of him for the vertigo. I'm making fun of him because he's a hypochondriac that has to like blow up balloons in order to increase his lung capacity because he thinks that's going to help him. Do you remember the NBA game? Yes, where... where he threw his wife into LeBron so he didn't get hit. <laughs> exactly. Now, part of me gets it because... He can't get hurt. That's how he puts food on the the table for his family. But part of me is like thinking, (laughs) you know, all of the things that are going through his head as LeBron James is hurtling towards him, all the things that could go wrong. So, I mean, I just think like it's such a split second reaction and you're reacting just on instinct. There's no way in the world he's thinking to himself, I'm the breadwinner. I can't damage my wrist, my ankle, my neck or anything, my back. There's no way. Right. You just go like it's it's that fight or flight sequence, right? The adrenaline pumps like what would you do in a scenario? You know there's there's all those tough guys that talk like, "Yo, I beat the hell out of this dude, man. I'd punch him in the throat." And then push comes a shove and there are guys that like cower down, you know? Right. Jason Day is a dude that literally, when the when the moment occurred to protect his wife, the love of his life, if you will, he decided not to. <laughs> he decided to let LeBron bull rush this woman like a freight train. Literally, his wife ended up in about the third row. Yeah, yeah, and then the hospital. And LeBron James at full speed is a monster. He is a problem, Scott. He's a big guy. And she is a petite little woman. You know what? Jason Day is a petite little man, too. That's also true. Because, you know, again, most of these guys, you know, they're they're tall, skinny, you know, super flexible. Like, that's where their power comes from. They're not, like, crazy jacked, like, you know – NFL tight end size like LeBron James is. Jason Day's a punk, 
and he's not going to win tomorrow. So no. that Moving leads on. me to my next question. Is Sam Burns our 2020 Masters champ? Uh, well, is Sam Burns in the tournament? My Scott, my research stopped 10 minutes ago. I have no clue. I, I don't think he is. Probably not. And this is a year where so the, the question winning, is, winning the week before, you're not getting in. Because exactly. the field was set. The field was set based on when it was supposed to occur in April. So, yeah, you're right. You know what, Scott? Quite honestly, you know, we'll talk about this in our Masters preview episode, but this that's a great point. Think about that. There are guys that were so hot, right, so hot coming into the Tour Players Championship and having mm. those Masters bursts. This Masters might suck. We might get guys that shoot 85. It certainly could happen. Like, there might be only 10 guys that play well, you know, because all the people that had momentum in April or in March, let's say, because we were shut down in April, uh, you know, in, in the middle of March, and they had earned their master's bids, and they had won twice or so. I mean, they might be awful. I mean, who knows? Everyone thinks Bryson's going to run away with it because of what he did at at, uh, at the U.S. Open. Mm. That seems like forever ago. Yeah, it does. And he hasn't been playing tournaments. No, Sam Burns is not in the tournament. Just, just, I I just looked it up. So. There's a hole. He's definitely not winning next week. There's a hole at Augusta Country Club, which is adjacent to Augusta National. And on Augusta National's 11th hole, Slight dog leg right by the pond there before 12. The seventh hole, I believe, on Augusta Country Club kind of literally parallels it. Um, Bird's eye view. If you're standing just off the front left quadrant of the green on number seven at Augusta Country Club, you are no more than about 150 feet from the rough on Augusta National's 11th hole. Now, there must be some sort of fence or something like that there. I mean, there has to be something, you know? Mm -hmm. But if I'm Sam Burns, I'm thinking of of maybe paying a greens fee Monday or Tuesday next week at Augusta Country Club and just sneaking over and jumping in. And they're like, do you have credentials? No, dude, I just want Houston Open. I'm fine. It's the best practice one can get for the Masters. You know, I, I do think there would probably be a little bit of a pause before someone realized he didn't belong there. Like, he shows up and says, yeah, I won the Houston Open. Look, here's the trophy and the giant check. Um, and they'd be like, oh, cool. And then, like, someone would eventually catch up to him and be like, wait a minute. You don't get status this year. You're not an invitee. You know, that's Off something. grounds with you. That's something that I would go back to if I was a tournament organizer. There's not enough giant checks anymore in professional golf. No, that we definitely that should be a thing. I'm I'm not even sure there's anyone out there that can truly argue the fact that having a giant check doesn't make the winter celebration better. I think having a giant check makes everything better. There's there's an episode of The Office where Michael mm-hmm. Scott wants a giant check um, for his rabies fundraiser 5K, and they've mm-hmm. only raised like 300 bucks, but the giant check is going to cost 250 to make, and he wants it anyway. I wonder what the actual price 
of obtaining a giant check is? I'm pretty sure the PGA Tour can afford it. Oh, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, in the PA podcast studio, we have various memorabilia on the walls and stuff of tournaments we've been to and, mm-hmm. you know, this, that, and the other. How awesome would it be to have a giant checkup on the wall with your name on it? You know, $1.5 million for the winner of, you know, whatever. You put in whatever. Could be the, to leave the pin open. The, well, it could be the Houston open. Could be the Houston open. <laughs> Hang it right next to your green jacket. Because much like the winner this week, you too will not get invited to the Masters next week. So it's it's crazy talking off air. We said the Masters is this week. It's it's insane to think. Um, what 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 in November, Scott? Are you looking forward to most at the Masters that might differ from when we see it traditionally in April? I mean the the course itself, the way you know the the foliage and the the flowers with the azaleas and and the way it that all looks um you know that obviously is a big part of the spring masters i'm curious to see what it looks like in the fall uh part of me does definitely think that you know there's a greenhouse somewhere on property where they're going to be dragging you know fully in bloom azaleas out to the 12th hole putting them out there while the players are playing and then at night bringing them back to the greenhouse bringing some new ones in for the next day just so they can kind of continue to have that environment. Um, so I, I definitely think that that's something that could potentially happen. I, you know, it, it's funny because that's the one thing I'm, I'm wondering about. Like, are we going to – is Augusta so set on the physical characteristics of the course that they're going to try to emulate what it looks like in the spring or – are they going to say, look, this is what fall looks like in the South? Like, are we going to get the azaleas with a little bit of, you know, uh, red leaves, but but no flowers? Are we going to get the dogwoods that look kind of bare? You know, I think I, everybody thinks that there's going to be like this fall foliage, right? And and obviously there's not, okay? I hate to break it to you, mm-hmm. but like peak, peak was like four weeks ago in the South. Um, so it's not going to look like this autumnal wind you know autumnal forest down there it's not going to be a wonderland i i think scott that a lot of the charm the spring charm in the masters in terms of the topiary the the grass um obviously the flowers the landscape and stuff i think a little bit of that is going to be lost i i fear that the co- the course might look a little plain if you will uh, I definitely think it, 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 for the most part, I think it's going to be pretty bare. Um, uh, the other thing I think will be interesting will be the fact that there's no patrons. Because I, I think that that's a huge, a huge part of the, the environment, the atmosphere of the tournament. Um, so, you know, as much as they, they might try to do some things to make it look similar in the end, it, it's going to be very, very different because that you know the those people won't be there. 
One thing we're not going to hear from the announcers is the roars echoing through the pines at Augusta. And the thing is, too, when you're watching, even when you're not there, but when you're watching and you see someone hit up to, you know, 13, right? They make it there in two. The roars from that grandstand and the people lining the, the dog leg on 13 mm-hmm. are deafening, right? And, and you could be watching a featured group on hole 11 green, and you will hear that. It comes down through that valley. If you hear, you know, if you're watching a, a group on, I don't know, let's say 15 green, and someone sticks it tight on 12, and they're near the lead, you hear that. You hear that on the ground, you hear that on the television, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. We're not going to hear that. Well, and you're not going to hear anything except for the bird sounds that they pipe in. Yeah, well, that and that's the thing. Like, how how often is there someone about to hit a shot on like 13 or something, and then there's this huge roar, and you know they'll they'll say, oh, you know, we'll we'll get to that in a minute, um, and then they they cut to someone making an ace on 16 or. Um, you know, someone sticking it close on 14 and, um, you know, that, that'll be lost. And I think that's kind of part of the normal rhythm of the tournament. Cause uh, you know, like they say, roars carry at Augusta a lot more than anywhere else. Yeah. It's going to be super interesting to see what the broadcast team does differently to make people at home feel like they're part of the actual masters and not just another golf tournament. Uh, do you think they pipe in some crowd noise like they do for the NFL? You know, I mean, look, the CBS has piped in and has acknowledged that they pipe in bird noises because that's one of the weird things, Scott, that I remember and, and people mm-hmm. talk about all the time that have been there. You don't see animals. There, There's no rabbits. There's no squirrels. There's no birds. You don't see them. Right. And so when you hear, because it's hilarious, because it is so loud in the telecast, you hear those bird noises, especially like during the commercial, uh, not commercials, uh, when they show like the leaderboard, you know, because sometimes the Masters doesn't take commercials, but they show the leaderboard and you hear the birds chirping in the background or you hear someone on 12 and the crowd is silent, right? And those birds are chirping and they're piped in. That's what they are. They're they're, they're literally piped in. So I, I, I don't know. Part of me thinks it would be super, super corny to put in crowd noise because you know in in like major league baseball this year the stadiums pumped in the crowd noise not the television because for the players it's easier to have a little background noise than it to be completely silent plus Mm -hmm. they also don't want to pick up on hot mics what guys are saying in the field and stuff like that you know i'm sure when there's a second baseman covering second and and there's a runner from first to second like they don't want to pick that up you know guy gets on for a walk and you don't want to hear the conversation between the first baseman and the guy that just got on there. Um, you know, cause a lot of times it's not appropriate for television. So part of me thinks that maybe they, they do that at times, uh, even though they will be on a delay. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be, you know, th- that's, that's part of it too. Part of it. Look, it's, it, it's the masters. Does it have the same feel as in April to me? No, honestly. I mean, you know, you and I are, are, are deep in the midst of our work year where in April we're kind of getting to the end of our work year. And to me, Masters, Augusta signifies the start of golf in the Northeast. Now yeah. it's actually putting 
golf in the Northeast to bed, basically. That's true. I mean, Mine were kind of on the other side of it. Well, but the good news is in a few months, it'll wake it up again. So, yeah, that's, that, I tell you what, that's the nice thing. You're going to get two masters within, uh, what is it, six months? Yeah, that's the next two ma- majors are the masters. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Honestly, that's pretty cool. Um, two things yeah. I want to talk about before we get out of here, Scott. I sure. want sure. to know what do you think they're doing with the food? that was prepared for the masters in April. And by uh, that, I mean like what they sell, um, your Georgia peach ice cream sandwiches, you know, all those things. What, what, what do you think they did with that stuff? Uh, they, they probably donated it all. It's a pretty cool donation. Well here, I mean, that's the one thing about, I feel like that particular organization uh, Augusta National Golf Club, you know they they have such a a tight relationship with the local community, with Atlanta. Uh, my guess is anything that had been purchased to be sold, um, food wise, anything like that that could be uh, potentially spoiled was donated to some local food bank in Atlanta. So next question, I've heard rumors of this only, obviously. There was a ton of merch produced for this Masters. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've been told from some pretty decent sources is that there is supposed to be an online marketplace for people that had tickets for the Masters in April. Mm. I cannot get a confirmation of that. It has not made its way to any news outlets at all. What do you think? the masters should do with their 2020 merchandise. Uh, honestly, they should just throw it up on the on a website and just first come first serve it. I the mean, it's going to sell. Thoughts would be all over that. Oh my god, would it sell? It honestly might be. The masters is trying very hard and doing a very good job of it to make themselves more open, to make themselves more accessible to people everywhere, right? Drive, mm-hmm. chip, and putt, um, allowing mm-hmm. some more fans in during the practice rounds, all those things. W- women's um, amateur. Women's amateur, allowing people on the grounds for that, sponsoring the Latin American, the Asian, the Australasian, all those different winners get in um, to the tournament, sponsoring the amateurs coming in, all that stuff that they do to make and grow the game. This might just top it off. Like, imagine if they were like, okay, here's the deal this year, everybody. 8 a.m., Thursday morning, Masters Thursday. Here's the site that goes live. Or maybe they don't even say it. Maybe they say, hey, you got to log on to Masters.com. And on Masters.com, there's going to be a link. You are allowed to purchase one item. Mm-hmm. Have at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the way... So the way... Um... And there's a lot of websites now have set up these kind of like waiting rooms for like super hot items. Right. Um, I know like um, when the the Bronx Zoo opened, for example, when they reopened back in the summer, um, you know, we we ended up buying tickets to go that. And I was in a waiting room to purchase tickets for the the first weekend they were open for about four hours. Jeez. Um, And 
you know, and it just there was a constant running countdown. It told me where my place in line was. Um, there was that when the the um, new merchandise came out for the Mandalorian on Disney Store. They Disney implemented a a waiting room for that, from what I saw. Um, and even if you weren't purchasing that that merchandise, you still got stuck in the waiting room. So. It's uh, very, very interesting. So I think Augusta National could do something very similar to that. You know, you're not going to crash the website. You have this waiting room set up, essentially. And, you know, however many people get in, when they get in first, they get their item. As one purchases something, someone else is able to go in, purchase one item. Uh, I think it's definitely doable. It's sort of like a, an online social distancing. All right. So I'm going to ask you then, if they do this, what one item would you purchase? I would probably purchase uh, – I'd probably purchase a quarter zip because that's kind of the one thing uh, I wish I had grabbed when we were down there, you know, seven years ago now. Very good call. Uh, initially, I would go with a belt. That would be my first thing because um, hmm. I collect those and I have a lot. Yep. But the quarter zip is uh, – yeah, it would be one or the other. I think I'd probably have to go for the belt first. Like a Smathers and Branson one or a Vineyard Vine, and then if they didn't have that, then I go right to the the quarter zip. Um, got enough hats? You can't hey, too many hats, Scott. You know. Uh, you know. Again, I still have a brand new hat from that I haven't worn. It's yeah. I've got I've got sitting one, in the bag downstairs in the basement. I've got two hanging over my head right now, actually. I don't yep. even wear. They just they're wall displays. A master's exactly. flag would be cool. I have that was that was what one of the things I was thinking about too. Just because it it's cool to kind of have like the you know the flag with the year on it. You know that's a that's an item that probably is not going to be floating around too much for obvious reasons. So it'd be kind of cool to have a master's twenty twenty flag. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can you know hey we'll see. I figure that it took nine years to get tickets. I think mm -hmm. I got on the I think I got on the waiting list in in 04 or something like that. Um yeah it sounds about right. It took nine years. So I'm hoping another nine or ten years. I mean that's only three years away now, Scott. Right. Well who knows? Maybe someone will throw us uh, an offer for some practice round tickets or something. Maybe. We will see. We will see. I All mean, right, who, so, know, who knows? We could be, you know, a couple years away from this podcast blowing up, and you know, maybe we get some media invites. Yeah, that's it's very wishful thinking. I, I don't think those pearly gates are ever going to open up. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so next episode, finally, I, I want to get into how you and I both started golfing. Yeah, are, are we going to we'll, do a? Are we going to make a a pick? Well, I just figured we'd make the pick for the master's preview episode okay you know and who Fair knows <laughs> but the next time we record might be even after the masters <laughs> we'll try to we'll try to get another episode in before uh the masters officially starts and yes i i honestly dude i have to look over the field and see Understood. because it's been what uh five months since it no more jesus oh my god april seven months since the masters were supposed to happen so i would love i want to look and do a little bit of research and find out who's in 
of the actual players, like like not like Gary Player and Sandy Lyle, guys like that. You know what I mean? Like the actual Sandy, players. Sandy that, Lyle is playing. Well, I know he is. He always he's always playing. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna grace us with his ninety eight this year. Um, and I don't mean his age. Yep. Uh, I would like to see who is in, and then where they currently fall in the world rankings. Okay. See if I can find that compared to where they were at that time. And then also, you know, guys that came in hot that are now doing next to nothing. You know, so it's a very it's gonna be a very unpredictable master. So everyone that's out there that's saying, Oh, we know who's gonna win, first off, that's BS. You can never do that with a golf tournament. No. Um, except back in like, you know, ninety nine to oh four. Tiger thousand, you could yeah. be pretty certain. You uh you pick Tiger, you know one out of every four tournaments you won, you're you're pretty solid. But yeah, don't don't tell me Bryson. I'm gonna go on the record says Bryson does not win. Um I tell you what's real interesting though, seeing DJ play this well coming out of COVID mm-hmm. with with the Masters coming up. You know? The only thing is he 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 hits that fade and, and you just God, I just don't think you can win Augusta with the fade. Who knows? Who I knows? really don't think you can. Well, we'll see. I mean, I I don't think DJ is going to win either. So no, no, and it's not going to be Sam Burns. I'll tell you that. So don't don't bet. Definitely on won't be Sam Burns. All right, people, we good, Scott? I think we're good. All right, brother. All right, people, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Be good. The game of golf is more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. Blue skies, bright sun, the walk, good friends, and the shots that keep you coming back. That is golf. Iconic. Vintage, classic. Eagles and Arrows didn't create the look, they've only perfected it. Eagles and Arrows provides the classic American golf look with a modern spin. Hats, gloves, club head covers, and my favorite, the vintage American carry bag, are some of the amazing items you can find at eaglesandarrows.com. Follow them on Instagram at Eagles and Arrows CO. It's Eagles and Arrows Company CO on Instagram. Love golf, live life. Eagles and Arrows.